0: mm It's time to travel with Anita. From across town to around the world, she covers it all, spanning the globe. For more than four decades, Anita has been to over 100 countries and territories and is the host of the Lowell Thomas Bronze award-winning podcast, Quarter Miles Travel. From load transportation fares to travel insurance concerns, safety to savings, Anita gets you there and back with a smile along the way. Now, here's the host of Travel with Anita, Anita Thomas.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome aboard Travel with Anita and Friends. I'm so excited today, you all, because it is a celebration show. 10 years with Travel with Anita. Started out as Travel Bags with Anita, but now it's Travel with Anita. And I'm celebrating 10 years this year. And actually 2013, it was March of 2013 when we started it. So today on the show, I have some of my favorite people coming back to join me. Doc Bill, of course, who actually started the show with me, as well as Nicole Roberts, who is the creative director. And Olivia Varson, you all, I'm sure, remember her throughout the year. She was with me for five years, bringing you all this great travel information. And later in the show, Bill Wilson, the producer of the show, will talk about his experience working with the show as well. But I want to start off with Doc Bill, because Bill, back in 2013, when Joel Williams came to me and suggested a travel show, I just had no idea that I would take it from just you know my idea and my love of travel and make it into something where i can inspire people to get out there and have their own travel experiences
2: well i think that's true but you like to travel and you did a lot of traveling since then and he gave an opportunity for you to put in place a vehicle to extend your experience in travel and also to bring your experience in travel in your in your eyes of what you see in travel uh, to the world through the radio show i thought that was a great combination which it would really work well
1: well thank you thank you and certainly it has been a lot of your inspiration too to help me to grow the show to what it is uh because that first show we featured uh australia we went down under and we had uh jeff adam on the show with us who's with a company that's called you know down under and also ida krill who has a travel agency was on the show with us and started with us and that show really was kind of our jump-off point. You want to share with the, with the listeners really kind of what that was for you, what that meant for you, that first show?
2: It was good. It was bringing the, um, the, the ears and eyes and the visualization of Australia th- um, using the radio to the people in North Georgia area. And it was great because, you know, Australia has this unique culture, it has unique food, it has unique people. And we tried to do that with when we do the show, we create environment by bringing in the foods that the people had. We talk about it. We also bring them into the station so that people could taste them and get their expressions and their, whether they liked it or not, or, you know, get a feel, indirect feel of what Australia was actually like without being there. Um, but it's a gr- it was a great place to start. And we started with one of the places that was the f- furthest away from, uh, from North Georgia
1: and one of those places that everyone wants to visit I mean I don't think I've ever run into anyone who did not want to go to Australia it is definitely top of the list for for just about everyone wanting to go and and have that experience and it is it's like on the other side of the world literally but now you were talking about food you brought barramundi fish into the studio and we had a chance to eat it there uh, as we talked about some of the foods of Australia
2: well we did and um, that's one of the great food crops from Australia that they grow in the local waters Um, and I think, again, uh, when you look at the different cultures in Australia, you've got the influence from Britain. You also have the um, native people that are from Australia. And we even, um, I think we even played a little bit things with the Diddley do We brought it in and talked about that and some of the cultures <laughs> from the Aboriginal people. So, again, um, you know, you, you you start locally and talk, and at that point you go to a broad perspective. And the thing about the, the, your show that was nice is people get an idea of what you can do in that country what the people like in that country and practical things to do with people you can connect to, to make those experiences happen when you travel, um, from information they receive from your show.
1: Well, we definitely, definitely throughout the years have talked about different destinations, but we've also done a lot of shows on tips and how to get people ready for travel. But one of the shows that is a highlight for me that I did with you is the show that we did about traveling with your pets and we had Jack our favorite dog, in the studio with us. Remember that show?
2: I do. He was typical Jack. <laughs> and people have their pets these days, and good, and good information is given on how to take your, um, travel with your pet, the papers you need to have, your, to have with, with you when you take your pet, and places that you can go to that are very pet accessible.
1: Yeah, that was a fun show. I think he barked quite a bit, so we have some barks with, uh, with Jack. And Jack has since passed away, but we can still hear Jack on the radio, um, because at the end of the show, you do hear Jack barking, giving his, still giving his approval uh, to all of the shows. But now, I know you're going to tell us a little bit later about your most favorite show, but what are some of the shows that were favorites of yours throughout the year?
2: Well, there are many shows that were good, shows that ta- we, ta- we talked about Paris, we talked about shows in, um, in England. Which were really good shows. Even some of the shows are historical. When you show you take historical um, tours on the shows. Things down in New Orleans, but also some of my favorite stuff was sto- shows right here in Georgia. Even the stuff the stuff going to Saplow Island, the Georgia coast, the Georgia Barrier Islands, where there's <laughs> Cumberland Island, Sapelo Island, even Ossabaw Island. Um, this is, opens up stuff because a lot of times when you're local, you don't bother to really investigate things that are truly local. And I think these shows highlight that and give people the opportunity to look more in, to um, learn more in depth of what's in their own backyard.
1: Well, that's a really good point, because uh, Georgia does have some great beaches on each of the islands that you mentioned. And so often people jump in the car and they think about a getaway, especially spring break, uh, coming up soon, or summer vacations. We always think about uh, going to Florida and going to Florida to the beaches. But Georgia has great beaches as well.
2: Well, we do. And we have uh, some of the largest barrier islands in the, in, the, in the United States. And then we also are blessed with having mountains. And then we have a variety of state parks, and a lot of the state parks were uh, highlighted in a lot of the shows that you did and um, places in the state. And I think during the course of you doing your show, the um, show that you spun off was the show show Quarter Miles, which, again, um, gave birth from doing your radio show.
1: Oh, and I love Quarter Miles. It's all based on the U.S. Mint state quarters. It's what it started with, but also the commemorative quarters now. This year, they're doing uh, American Women's Series. And a couple of years ago, they did the America the Beautiful Series that uh, went through until 2022, I believe it was, when they they wrapped up that one. So, yes, you're right. The Quarter Miles Travel Podcast was definitely a spinoff. But now let's jump over to your most favorite show. What was your most favorite show that you participated in and actually
2: from a trip that you went on? Um, my most favorite show, which I did on the show, but actually I did, I, I would think, in, in my life, was uh, having the pleasure to go out with a, a world-class professional photographer, Roger Fishman, and we went to one of the far ends of the planet, uh, Falkland Islands, mm-hmm. which is a series of islands off the coast of Argentina, seven um, about 200 miles from Argentina and about 700 miles from Antarctica. And um, it was a show that you got to meet people who live in small, remote places, and their experiences were incredible. But then the most incredible experience was the wildlife, the wildlife in the land. One of the few last unspoiled places, the team, team with large animal life from large sea mammals to some of the biggest birds on the planet to four different types of um, penguins that are found in one location on a series of islands called the Falkland Islands, which is a group of islands. And each of the islands has its own unique character, still still, um, beautifully unspoiled. And my friend Roger, who went, has been there before. So he gave me a great tour. And I saw up close, closer than you'll ever see some of the um, most beautiful birds, penguins on the planet in an unspoiled environment with just you and the animals around.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I want to play a little clip from that show where you talk about your experience and all the things you had a chance to do and the things
3: that you had a chance to see. So, here's a clip with Doc Bill in the Falkland Islands. Um, on the Falklands, starting with a place called Volunteer Point. Um, uh, it's most renowned for its large population of penguins, a particular type of penguin called the King Penguin. And it's good to at least talk about this at Volunteer Point, a little bit about the case, okay? a little bit about the um, place Volunteer Point in the location, but also from, the, from Roger's perspective, because he's been to other places in that region that also has the King Penguin, and the most accessible pl- accessible place to see the Kings in large amounts is Volunteer Point on um, Falcon Islands. Um, would I like to say something about that, Roger?
4: Yeah, Volunteer is a fantastic, fantastic destination uh, run by Derek and Trudy, uh, who run the carriage house there, and uh, what they've done is help create an environment where you can get direct access, close access to the penguins, but also with a range of different uh, sort of landscapes. You can be on the beach, you can be on a lake, you can be on the hillside. Uh, it's truly as uh, unique and wonderful and inspiring as any place I've ever seen in the world.
3: The number of breeding pairs close to a thousand is a tremendous number. And you can see these animals in the morning when they're going out um to try to go into the water to hunt for food. You can see them coming back and you can see them on the rookery. And it changes. The kings, from what I understand and seeing them, they stay at that location year-round where some of the other penguins come in at a certain time and they leave at a certain time of the year. But the kings are there all the time. And the kings are the second biggest penguin. They're about three feet tall. The only penguin that's bigger than the kings are the emperor penguins, but the kings are a similar type bird and they're also a bit more colorful.
1: Ten years. We're going to keep going.
2: Yeah, that was always a pleasure and I'm looking forward to the next ten years.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much. Back in a minute here on Travel with Anita and Friends. said that it takes a village to raise a child well you know what it takes a team to create a radio show welcome back to travel with anita and friends and for my 10 year celebration my anniversary i'm bringing back the people who have made the show a success nicole roberts our creative director nicole welcome to the show but you know you were recently on so and you're still quite involved with the show Yes, I know. We just got a chance to do a fun
5: trip together, a little cruise around um, Canada, which was a great experience and one of the many that we've had and featured on the show.
1: I know because throughout the time that the show has been taking place, you and I have always talked a little bit about the generations, old school versus new school. Is there anything to that in terms of the way that we like to travel? So we got a chance to really test it out. (laughs)
6: <laughs> we yeah,
1: it was uh, to New England and, and on, up to Canada. That was really a great, great trip. Yeah, I was glad that we finally got to test
5: it after talking about it for so long. And it was just funny to realize that, sure, there might be some differences between generations, but maybe it's a little more aligned with um, how you learn to travel. And since we're related, I, I can tell that I learned traveling from you. So I think we actually had a lot more in common in our travel styles than anticipated.
1: Yeah, I think we definitely found out it's a little bit more about style and not so much about generations. But I'll tell you, it has been a pleasure to have you as a creative director over these 10 years and you bringing your perspective, which I know some of it is a younger perspective than, than mine. So let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, what has been like the best part about working with Travel with Anita? I really think one of
5: my favorite things was really having an opportunity to inspire people to travel. I know that's something we talked a lot about in the in the beginning as you were sort of structuring the show and figuring out exactly how you wanted to build out each segment. And that's something that I personally was really drawn to about the concept overall, was really being able to pinpoint certain things that felt like you could like encourage people to. Get off the sofa and and really know that they can travel anywhere they want to. So I know sometimes it feels a little daunting and expensive to try to do different trips. But I, I love just the the different segments over the years and really highlighting for people the ways that they can travel.
1: You know, you're so right about that. I mean, that was our mission. We really stuck pretty closely to it over the 10 years. And you you said it perfectly. You know, we want people to put down those glossy brochures and get off the sofa and go out the door and have their own experiences. And it doesn't always mean that they're going to do the exact same thing that we did, but that they are inspired to, you know, to check out their favorite place. And we've also done a lot of tips as well.
5: Yeah, definitely. I think one of my favorite shows, uh, oh my gosh, this was probably pretty early on. We did one about fall destinations, which I thought was really great because it was all places around the U.S. I think a lot of times when you think about travel, you're like, oh, if I'm going to travel, I'm going to London or Tahiti or, you know, like somewhere um, outside the country. And I think that's what makes people feel a little nervous sometimes about whether or not they can afford to travel Mm -hmm. or take the time to travel and that show was just a great way to highlight for people. There are amazing things you can do in your own backyard that you may not know about, that you could drive to. There could be day trips. Um, so I think that show for me was just a great example of, of the, different, the different forms travel can take.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I am a big advocate also of travel around the U.S. because it does not have to be the Paris or Rome, the London, those big trips. Certainly, definitely you want to check those off your list as well. But definitely there are some great places to to go. And fall, spring, you know, the seasons, the start of the seasons are always a great time also to to go and check things out. But, Nicole, I have to tell you that one of the things that I've always appreciated about having you on the team is that you have the experience from the work that you do in your bigger job of uh, being a TV executive. Yes, I know. It's very,
5: very funny. I think in the time that we've been doing travel with Anita, I've I've had the great opportunity um to really expand my TV career and have been living here in Los Angeles and you know, chiming in for recordings across the country and things like that for the radio show. Um, but, but no, you're so right. I, I love being able to sort of like tell stories and bring new information and new worlds to people that's kind of the heart of of everything that kind of gets me excited so it's the same whether you're doing it, it through a TV show a film or a radio show.
1: Absolutely, and you do travel fair a fair amount in the work that you do, so you've been able to bring some of those experiences as well. I know you recently were in Mexico, and you talked about that experience, having that luxury experience, that really, you know, people might hear, you know, luxury, and they think is outside of my range, like we just mentioned, but you were able to share with, you know, with the listeners really how a great trip, a luxury trip, doesn't have to be outside of their their realm of thinking and 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 planning
5: that's very true yeah I, I had um uh, the great fortune to get to work in Mexico City and live there for about four months for a show and it was a very unique experience because I was very much in the production bubble of the show but was able to kind of utilize the fact that I was there to do like a, a little bit of a personal trip as well so I was in Mexico City I got a chance to go to San Miguel which is a couple hours outside Mexico City and it's like a smaller town. Um, yeah, so it was kind of a great moment for me to just kind of figure out how to utilize uh, the resources around me and kind of take advantage of the moment if you will.
1: And those are all the kind of tips also that we share with you know the listeners when we talk about planning trips and we talk about you know going on trips is that a lot of times you know you're already doing it maybe in your work or you know things that you are already doing and planning. You just have to transfer those over to a trip that you want to take. But, Nicole, I want to say thank you very much for all of the assistance and all of the work and all the things that you've done. Being the creative director, you have definitely helped me come up with great show ideas and ways to to tell the story. As you mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of it is storytelling. And uh, bringing things to life, you know, you can go on a trip, but if you come back and you can't really share with people exactly what it was like, <laughs> you can't really inspire them. So your, you know, help with storytelling has definitely been a benefit to the show. So thank you so much for coming on and uh, helping me celebrate ten years with Travel with Anita. Well, shout out is Travel Bags, but now it's Travel with Anita. Yes.
5: And thank you for bringing me on this ride with you. I've learned so much, not just about travel, but again, like we were saying about storytelling and really trying to find ideas that that are really relatable for people and that are exciting and yeah, just kind of build community around travel. So I thank you for giving me the opportunity
1: to do it. Well, you are welcome. And it's not over because you're still, you're still part of the team. (laughs) Yeah, we've got a lot, a lot more traveling to do a lot more traveling to do, a lot more reporting to do, and creative ideas and stories and all of that. But before we wrap up this segment here with you, I would love to share with the listeners your favorite show from back in the day uh, when we talked about fall trips and traveling around the U.S. So thank you, Nicole, for joining me. Thank you. Happy
5: 10 years. Um, For me, I'm always a big fan of of going to the
7: Northeast to see all the colors there. You have great great cities for that. Um, an example is Lake Placid in New York. Um, beautiful with the red and silver maples and birch trees, the oak trees. Um, they're actually all lined up along uh, what's called the Olympic Trails Scenic Byway. Really? Um, so, it's yeah, it's, it's great. And you can just sort of go along the entire area. And there's also like a, I think they call it the fall foliage train tour. I've
4: heard of um, that.
7: Yeah, it's very cool So, you can actually go along that. It's another way to see more of the area. There's also um, a brew fest there, <laughs> as, as you know. I think we share that in common. We are both a fan of a uh, nicely brewed beer. So yes. uh, it's another great way to see that area. Um and yeah, I've actually I had the opportunity for a show um, a couple of years ago to sort of go around that entire area in New England and um, see just – how beautiful it can get like vermont and parts of new hampshire too it's
1: amazing head over to my website travelwithanita.com to hear nicole's full show about fall trips we'll be back in a moment here on travel with anita and friends 10 years is hard to believe but i have to bring back my favorite girl olivia vonson welcome back to travel with anita and friends olivia it is so great to have you back on the show back on the mic hello hello it's good to be back (laughs) i know we did this whole thing together for five years can't believe it was half the show half the time half the time, and now that time has, has passed five years <laughs> since. I know, I know, five years since, because, I mean, you were right there pretty much when I when I started as well. I think I uh, was exactly. went on for maybe a couple of months, and then you joined on um, as an intern for you at Brunel. I did. Uh, right before my first semester at
6: Brunel started, I figured I'd check out the uh, job opportunities they had posted there. And one was for travel bags with Anita. And I reached out and it it all happened and came together really quickly. And I I think the first show that I witnessed was um, about
1: mission trips way back in 2013. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that trip. We talked about, you know, some of the kind of theme trips that people can go on. A lot of times we think about vacations, but certainly all of the other trips that we go on can be, you know, something that, it's also a getaway, a vacation as well. But now I remember that you also like sports. So we did some sports shows too. to kind of highlight your interest in, in the sports events that you travel for. Exactly.
6: That's another example of theme travel. And I think it's also a great message of, you know, you may find yourself traveling for different reasons, whether it's work or some other commitment you have. And to really make the most of that opportunity, even if it wasn't initially planned as a vacation or a getaway, to uh, try to make the most of being in a new area, or if you're used to that place, maybe try something you haven't before. Um, And I think sports are a great opportunity for that. If you're following your favorite team around, or if you just so happen to be in the same city as your favorite team, uh, it's a great opportunity to make a memorable experience in a new place.
1: It really is. So you've got to check out the museums, the restaurants. I mean, it's a lot of things we do anyway. We just don't think about it as a trip that's like a getaway trip. But the right. Thing- <laughs> <laughs> but now in five years, there had to be quite a few shows that maybe stick, stick out in your mind as uh, maybe ones that are memorable or maybe some that were kind of like, you know, um, it, was, it was okay, but we covered it. <laughs> we, got, we got it in. <laughs> uh, there were none of those. Um,
6: <laughs> they were all winners. No, that's uh, good I, <laughs> I mean, first of all, I loved hearing about your trips that you would take to faraway places and then you'd come back and share these amazing stories. Like your trip to the South Pacific, especially, sounded so magical because. It's one of those places that you really have to want to see it and be there because it takes some effort to get there. But once you are there, it's, it's like you're in another world. Um, yeah. So that was really inspiring just to listen to.
1: And that particular trip, yeah, I would say that was one of my not only favorite shows, but certainly one of the favorite trips that uh, we had a chance to actually go and do these press trips and be hosted and invited to come and check everything out and then come back and do a show. And that one is definitely still top of my list. As a matter of fact, I I can tell you that I continue to try and find a way to get back (laughs) the top (laughs) of it. Keep trying, keep trying. Yes, that is high on my list, so I'm wanting to return and go there again. What are some others? Yeah, speaking of press trips, I'm I'm so
6: grateful that during my time with Travel with Anita, I had the opportunity to go on a couple press trips as well. Um, We went on one together to Maine and another one to North Carolina. Um, And then I got to fly solo to Door County, Wisconsin, which is a beautiful town um, on the coast of Lake Michigan. And the press trip was in late May. So it was just a beautiful time of year. And it hadn't quite opened up to tourists yet. So it was still a little quiet. Um, So the scenery, obviously beautiful, you know, being from Georgia and you, you see the Great Lakes on a map, you understand they're they're pretty great, but seeing it in person was another, that was my first time seeing one of the Great Lakes in person, and that was just really breathtaking, um, and of course, lots of great food, not just cheese, which of course, Wisconsin is known for, but um, some really great seafood too, and, and got to learn about some local traditions. Uh, especially around like community bonfires and community potlucks. It was a great, really a great sense of community there. And of course, lots of great uh, old fashioned diners as well. So overall, just a really well-rounded experience. And it was, one, great to have that opportunity to travel to a new place and then to come back and uh, dedicate an entire episode of Travel with Anita to that trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, was really exciting too, so I'm very grateful for that. And and to you, Anita.
1: Oh, I'm very grateful to you. Just throughout the whole time that we that we worked together, we did so many things together, planning shows and also. Articles that you researched and helped put on the website and the morning drive show. we i not going there sometimes too. So you were a great, great, great help with making sure that the show had really interesting things to talk about to hopefully inspire people to get out there and want to travel. And I tell people all the time, you are such a great researcher. I mean, when we started Quarter Miles, you found information that I didn't even know was out there. <laughs> I That's it what back. was...
8: i felt like
6: a detective i was it was so exciting we found so many great stories through quarter miles that we were both like how can people not talk about this more it's such a great story um so hopefully it inspired it has inspired listeners to maybe try a new approach to their travel and you never know what you might find out even if it just comes in handy on trivia night or something um (laughs) We just learned a lot of really cool stories and and got to meet some interesting people, too.
1: Some really interesting people. I mean, the quarters have really been a great way to really do what I call, you know, learning more about the things you think you already know. And with your research, we were able to really dig deep and find some things. I mean, even with the Georgia quarter, I mean, we found out, you know, that that, you know, the peach on the back of it really does mean something great for for Georgia, Because that's where the Georgia Bell Peach was was created. It was in Augusta. And now that same place is where they, you know, play a really important golf tournament. That's
6: that's another, that was a prime example of why aren't people talking about this? Because it's just such a great story behind the most famous golf course probably in the world. Um, So that was just really exciting to find like a new angle to something that, like you said, people thought they already knew
1: exactly exactly well it's so great to have you back on the show and i want to play a little bit so people can hear it of the show where you come back and you talk about door county wisconsin and all the things that you had a chance to do and just how memorable it was for you and i'm glad to know that that was one of your favorite ones because it was a favorite show for me as well thank you let's go back down memory lane it's time to do it thanks a lot olivia thanks for
6: coming back and joining me thank you for having me uh Travel safe, have fun, be inspired by Travel with Anita.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Hey, you know, I may have you come back on because, you know, we always say you are that friend for sure. That's part of the Travel with Anita. (laughs) Here's a clip from her favorite show where she visited Door County, Wisconsin.
8: We did kayak. The weather, it was a a wet, foggy day, but it still was a great time out on the water. And we kayaked with Gravity Trails. And they have a variety of beginner-friendly kayaking tours, with really friendly uh, guides that will take you through. So you can tour shipwrecks, and they've got some clear bottom kayaks that you can use when you tour those shipwrecks. So you can see down into the water. us go. Cool. Yes, and you can also explore a cave at the cave point. Or you can plan a tour that will have you out on the water at sunset to take in the view of the sun
1: setting on the water. That sounds beautiful. But what about going by the lighthouses? That should be a great way to get out to the lighthouses as well, right?
8: Yes, that's the tour that we took, the Eagle Bluff tour. So we went past the Eagle Bluff lighthouse that we talked about on the show, and Horseshoe Island, which is right there too, before coming back. And on the way back, the little narrow waterway has a current that kind of takes you right back to shore. So you don't really have to work on the way back. (laughs)
1: Convenient. That's my kind of kayaking. Yes. <laughs> Sit back and let the water take Check out all of her favorite things from that show on the website travelwithanita.com. Back in a moment here on Travel with Anita and Friends. Video shows don't just happen. There are always things going on behind the scenes. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. And on this tenth anniversary, as I kind to of come down to the last segment of the show, there is one person that I have to stop and give a huge thank you to. And that would be Bill Wilson, the producer of the show. Bill, thank you so much for everything that you do. You're the magic man.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, Anita. Without your content, there wouldn't be a whole lot for me to do, but it's been a real pleasure and an enjoyable association for how many years now? It hasn't been the whole 10 years.
1: No, it hasn't been the whole 10 years. I was trying to figure that out. Maybe three years, maybe, something I like that, I think maybe four or five. Oh, it's been, or a five? While. Yeah. Or it been a while, yeah. It hasn't been a while, yeah. See, time goes fast when you're having fun. <laughs> That's exactly and it. And I do have a lot of fun with you. You've been thank you. very supportive, very helpful, giving me lots of tips to make the show shine even brighter. So thank you so much for that.
0: It's a pleasure.
1: But now I do have a question for you. So when you look back through the shows, especially the ones that we've done together, do you have some favorites that kind of pop in mind?
0: I, I love all the shows that you do about cruises and and trains. Those two modes of transportation have always fascinated me. I took a carnival cruise uh, many, many years ago and enjoyed it immeasurably. I've always enjoyed train travel as well. So anytime that you take us by those two conveyances, I'm listening because I love hearing the stories about how the employees of the cruise lines and the employees of the railways take care of their customers and their clients. and. Since those are all pretty much a 90-way tie for me, the one that really stood out to me was when you talked about Sapelo Island, which you and Doc Bill take care of. And uh, I remember being fascinated when you talked with a historian about the different changes in ownership over the years of Sapelo Island and the history of that facility. When I moved to Georgia, I didn't even know about Sapelo Island.
1: Well, you know, the interesting thing, too, Bill, is that I didn't know about Sapelo Island until Bill and I were getting married. And we were trying to figure, you know, what we wanted to do. You know, how, how it is when you're getting married. You know, where do you want to get married? You know, how many people, that whole, that whole process. And Sapelo Island popped up because there was a wedding that had taken place over on Cumberland Island with John Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. And it just brought my attention. I'd been to Cumberland. I'd been to, to Savannah, to Tybin, those places, and didn't even know that Sapelo existed. Yeah. So when I heard some of the history, too, I wanted to know more. And when we got married, we honeymooned down on the coast, on St. Simons, then island hopped. And Sapelo was one of the places that we went to. So Sapelo, from the very beginning for us, has been very special. And you're right, it has a very unique history, but so do all of the islands down there. And the interview you're talking about was with Buddy Sullivan, who is a historian. And he has not only done the history on Sapelo, but really a lot of the islands along the Georgia coast. And that one, you know, is just a fascinating story to hear when he talks about Sapelo, of course.
4: Well, the ownership of Sapelo is as far as a, a public or rather a private ownership goes all the way back to the colonial period of, of the Georgia colony to 1760 and it uh the, the island was previously owned by native american peoples the wally indians and it was acquired at public auction in 1760 but there are three main individuals who are associated with the private ownership of Sapelo through the different eras of its history the first being thomas spaulding mm-hmm. who was the Sapelo plantation owner uh, he was a uh, a scotsman by descent and he was a very uh Uh, skilled and innovative agriculturist he planted sugarcane and sea island cotton Uh, he had a large slave force on Sapelo, and and he was known uh, far and wide for his uh, humane treatment of his slaves and his benevolence toward his workforce which made his plantation one of the most productive in in all of the south and the spaulding family sold Sapelo to various private interests after the civil war Mm-hmm. And so after emancipation, the former slaves, the freedmen, came back to Sapelo and s- established a number of communities around the island. Mm-hmm. And at one time, there were probably around 500 people uh, descended from Sapelo slaves living in various parts of Sapelo in the late 18, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was during this time that there were two more private owners of much of the island, one being Howard Coffin, who built the the uh, R.J. Reynolds, or rather the present Reynolds mansion on the south end of the island, and Coffin was host to two presidents and the famous aviator Charles Lindbergh during his ownership of Sapelo, Mm -hmm. and then he sold the island and turned to the famous tobacco heir from North Carolina, Richard Joshua Reynolds, Jr., and R.J. Reynolds owned the island for about 30 years until his death in 1964, and it was at that time that his widow, um, Anne Marie Reynolds, Mm -hmm sold Sapelo to the state of Georgia starting in 1969 through a series of transactions. And the state has managed the island ever since, except for the uh, private hog Hammock community, which is uh, privately owned land, as well as several other scattered tracts on Sapelo. So it has had an interesting evolution of ownership and management.
1: So that's a very, very fascinating interview. And I can see why it would be your favorite. So thank you for selecting that one, because... As I said before we went into the clip, it's very special to Doc Bill and I.
0: Yeah, I would like to get into that a little bit, Anita. We've heard about the history of Sapelo. Let's hear about the history of Bill and Anita and Sapelo (laughs) and how it it went from being your wedding destination to a very important part of your day-to-day life.
1: It really is a very important part of our day-to-day lives. And it's all about the Sapelo Island birdhouses. And a little background on how that came to be is that after we honeymooned there, We became really good friends with Cornelia Bailey and her husband, Frank Bailey. And we would go down on long weekends and go to Sapelo. And she was always talking about, you know, the island and the population on the island decreasing and the Gullah Geechee culture kind of disappearing. So she would always say somebody should do something. So we would drive back home and we'd think, well, yes, somebody should do something. I mean, it's such a unique culture. And for African-Americans, I mean, it's not a lot of places where you can go and say, my ancestors were here, lived here, worked here. Sapelo definitely is that spot so when the land became available we bought it sight unseen <laughs> and decided to go in uh, to business with some friends other friends of ours and started the bird houses and we call them bird houses because they have to be built high on stilts and uh, they look like bird houses a little bit but they are bird houses that are for people mm-hmm. and uh, it was all about really trying to preserve the culture preserve, you know, opportunities for people to stay on the island and and be able to work and raise their families. Because that really is how you preserve a culture, is by having your young people have the babies, get married, stay on the island, and, uh, you know, keep the culture going. So it's been now 13 years since we started the birdhouses, and they're going pretty strong. So if anyone's looking for a spot for a spring break got some openings
0: yes Sapelo bird uh bird houses each one i love on the website each one has a unique design did you guys design each of those yourselves or did you have help
1: we did design each of them ourselves i mean we had a little bit of help i mean the builders that we work with uh were very instrumental and say well maybe push the water a little bit more like this and then there are also some limitations on the size because Sapelo is a wildlife reserve and has a lot of historical designations in terms of what you can build and how large and things like that, how large, how high. Uh, so we do have to work within within those parameters, but all good.
0: Well, there's, uh, there's a birdhouse here to suit every personality, so I do recommend people to uh, visit the website. Pick one out. I'm going to get there <laughs> very soon, I promise you that.
1: Well, there is definitely a birdhouse with your name on it, Bill, <laughs> waiting for you to come. Absolutely, absolutely. Great. And thank you for that. I mean, and also back again to just say thank you so much. I mean, the Travel with Anita and Frizz has won two Gold Low Travel Journalism Awards. And all of that is with your help as well. So thank you for that. I want to thank also the listeners, Bill, because they, you know, stop every Saturday, come in, sit down, listen to the show, and uh, support us in that way. And really want to say thank you to them and hope that I'm inspiring them because my whole mission It's to inspire people to put down those glossy brochures, turn off the Travel Channel. I like both of those glossy brochures and Travel Channel, but put those down and go out and have your own adventure because there are those opportunities out there for everyone, you know, to go out and have a great time. You know, also, Bill, I want to stop and thank you know the sponsors that have been really great, and in particular Allianz Travel Insurance. You know, I talk all the time about the importance of having a travel buddy that you take along with you, and Allianz Travel has been very supportive all through the years, so definitely want to take a moment to say thank you to them, and just also remind people the importance of having travel insurance. And if you're going 150 miles from home, that is considered a trip right there. And on the show today, I've had uh, Doc Bill come back, Olivia came back, who was with us for five years, and also Nicole, who still does a lot of creative things behind the scenes. Each of them have been on the show and talked about their favorite, their favorite show over the last 10 years as well. So I'd like to encourage everyone to go to the website, travelwithanita.com, and check out uh, the website where I'll have each of the shows featured there so you can hear the whole show. We just played a little bit of a clip of each of the shows. So thank you again, and I'm looking forward to 10 more. 10 more, Bill?
0: Okay, I'm on. I'm in. (laughs) 10 more shows or 10 more years?
1: Well, (laughs) definitely both of those, actually. First 10 more shows, but we are pushing on to, to 10 more years. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll be back in two weeks with another great destination that I've been to. Again, inspiring everyone to get off the sofa and go out and have a great trip. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and thank you for all the support over the 10 years.
0: You've been listening to Travel with Anita. For more, log on to her website, Travel with Anita, with two com, and listen to her award-winning podcast, Quarter Miles Travel, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Anita will be back in two weeks with another exciting adventure for you and your travel buddies. So keep those passports updated. And remember to always travel safe and travel smart. Right, Jack? Uh, uh.
6: Huh?